Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, September 13th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Toxic algae blooms are becoming more common in Midwest lakes, but not every state is monitoring for the toxins, leaving some local and volunteer groups to do their own testing. It's going to become a dead lake if we don't maintain it. And that's what they're doing with all this testing is how can we make sure that doesn't happen. We will report on the efforts to keep lake goers safe during climate change in just a few minutes. A St. Louis businessman is switching political parties to take on St. Louis County Executive Sam Page in November. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on how Mark Montavani could shake up the contest. Montavani ran unsuccessfully for county executive in 2018 and 2020 as a Democrat. But he'll now be the GOP nominee for the post instead of Catherine Pinner, who withdrew from the contest. Unlike Pinner, Montavani has the ability to fund his own campaign, but he acknowledges that he won't have much time to run against Page. My primary uh, commitment is to St. Louis County. It's to the region. It's to try to get this place moving again. Montavani's other challenge will be convincing voters in a county that's drifted toward Democrats to elect a GOP county executive for the first time since 1986. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. Polls are open in today's primary for St. Louis Board of Aldermen President, 7th Ward Alderman Jack Coder and 15th Ward Alderwoman Megan Green will both advance to the November general election because of the city's approval voting system. The eventual winner will serve out the last five months of Lewis Reed's term. There are only 15 polling places open for the primary. Voters will also have to show a state-issued photo ID to cast a ballot, although they can vote provisionally if they don't have proper identification but are registered. Polls close at 7 tonight. Another name is emerging as a possible candidate for Missouri Governor. State Senator Bill Eigel is planning to form an exploratory committee for a 2024 gubernatorial campaign. The St. Charles County Republican helped establish the conservative caucus in the Missouri Senate. Current Governor Mike Parson can't run again because of term limits. The Missouri Independent reports Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe is running for the GOP nomination. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is considering a bid for the governor's office. Mayors from cities along the Mississippi River are in St. Louis this week for an annual meeting of river communities. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports they plan to detail significant investments in the Mississippi's ecology and resilience. The meeting is of the Mississippi River Cities and Towns Initiative, which promotes economic and environmental stability along the entire length of the river. Colin Wellenkamp is the executive director of the initiative and says this year's meeting comes at a critical moment when climate change is putting more stress on the Mississippi. He says communities along the river have projects to tap into its natural ecology. To restore habitat, clean the water, and most importantly, create disaster resilience. Wellencamp says the meeting gives the St. Louis region a good chance to showcase how these kinds of projects can be successfully implemented. He says more and more river cities are focused on how they can tap into and support that resource. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri's life expectancy is at its lowest point in about four decades. The Department of Health and Senior Services says the age has dropped to 74.6 years from 75 years. DHSS attributes the decline to opioid overdoses and COVID-19 deaths. 
Life expectancy before the pandemic was almost 77 and a half years. The Post-Dispatch reports there were more deaths than births in the state in 2021. The only other year that occurred was 2020. Illinois Supreme Court Chief Justice Ann Burke will retire later this year. Hannah Meisel has more. Burke will retire at the end of November, a month after stepping down from her three-year rotation as the High Court's Chief Justice. Replacing Burke as Chief Justice is Mary Jane Tice, who has served on the state Supreme Court since 2010. And filling Burke's vacancy on the court is Joy Cunningham, who will be the court's second black woman justice. The first was sworn in earlier this summer. Justice Burke's 16 years on the Illinois Supreme Court capped off a legal career she began late in life at age 40. Prior to law school, Burke co-founded what would later become the Special Olympics in the late 1960s. Burke is the wife of indicted Chicago alderman Ed Burke, who will stand trial on corruption charges next year. I'm Hannah Meisel. Hi, I'm St. Louis Public Radio midday host Greg Montanu. We are in our member campaign, and your support is crucial for The Gateway. We also rely on it for entertainment programs like The Next Set and live broadcasts of the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. You can keep our news and programming strong with a donation at stlpr.org. And thanks. Blue-green algae can produce toxins in Midwest lakes that make people sick and even kill pets. Not all states are testing to know if a bloom is toxic. As Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai reports, some private and volunteer efforts are helping to fill that testing gap. What's our next point? North Shore? North Shore. Awesome. Student employees from the Lilly Center are headed out on Lake Wawasee in northern Indiana. Okay. Water temperature is 25.7. They are testing for algal toxins and the conditions that produce them. The Lilly Center has been testing lakes in Kosciuszko County weekly for the last 15 summers. It recently started sharing that information in a newsletter so lake residents and visitors can swim safely. And the residents of Lake Wawasee love their lake, including Cindy Peterson. She takes part in the local conservation group and even offers up her boat to the researchers. We're going to lose this lake. It's going to become a dead lake if we don't maintain it. And that's what they're doing with all this testing is how can we make sure that doesn't happen. But testing doesn't come cheap. The Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams is entirely funded by donors, the pharmaceutical Lilly family being one of them. Much of the funding comes from the well-off residents of Lake Wawasee. Massive homes and expensive boats scatter across the lakefront. Jed Harvey is in charge of the testing program. Science is kind of tricky because you have to, often you do have to follow the money, know where it's coming from, know to see even what gets done. But we're really blessed around here to be surrounded by a lot of people who really care about the lakes. Thousands of dollars from these residents went towards designing a buoy that collects essential algae data in real time. Most lakes aren't as lucky. In the Midwest, funding is often limited for state algae testing programs. The Indiana Department of Environmental Management is only able to routinely test 18 lakes where people swim. This doesn't include Lake Wawasee. Kristen Arnold is the chief of the Water Assessment Planning Branch. We have a very specific goal of protecting public health at those swimming beaches, and that's how we kind of keep this program on a smaller scale. Many other states in the Midwest only test after a bloom has been reported. In Missouri, Lynn Milberg with the Department of Natural Resources says there isn't enough funding to test regularly. Our uh, water quality monitoring group, they they do not have any dedicated staff to do this. So whenever something comes up, you know, they have to 
find somebody that's available, squeeze it in in between projects. The Lakes of Missouri volunteer program takes on some of the burden. It's got about 200 volunteers who test 65 lakes across Missouri. Tony Thorpe, the program manager, says that the group started testing for blue-green algae about seven years ago. And he says the problem isn't going away. If we listen to the climate science, uh, it seems to indicate that this is only going to get worse. And, you know, water is a scarce resource. The volunteer program, which is run by the University of Missouri and supported by various state agencies, can't do it all. The group only tests for algal toxins about eight times a year. Thorpe says he knows there are lakes that need more testing. The situation in Missouri and elsewhere is exactly why Ann Scheckinger of the Environmental Working Group argues states and federal governments should be doing more. Any lake that's publicly accessible, that should really be the state or the federal government's job to do the testing, not the people who live on the lake. You know, it's a public resource. Back in Indiana, Harvey says that the Lilly Center's local testing has been working really well for the lakes in Kosciuszko County. But the impact of climate change on blooms could make it difficult for local groups to keep up. As blooms like this increase, it may be something where, in many places, the state will be needed to step up. Because, Harvey says, there are a lot of lakes in Indiana, and the Lilly Center can't get to them all. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Eva Tasfai. The story was pretty. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.